Hello everyone, how y'all doing? Welcome back to the Film Basic Podcast brought to you by Clap and Note Studios. My name is John. As always, I'll be your host today. And today we're talking a little bit about resilience, okay? It might be a little bit shorter of a topic. Um, and I know we still have to do part two of the exposure and uh, kind of working with cameras specifically. But I thought that this topic was very important to talk about because it kind of came up recently with me um, in about the last week or so. I had a few days where it just seemed like everything was trying to stop me from doing what I wanted to do. And that can happen a lot particularly in the area of entrepreneurship and particularly in the area of entrepreneurship in relation to creative arts and creative companies and creative endeavors. So I thought it was something that was important to talk about because it's definitely something that everybody in this area is going to experience at one stage or another. So with that, let's get right into it. So if you ever listen to any, and I recommend you do, listen to any podcasts from entrepreneurs or about entrepreneurship, what you'll always hear is that, you know, generally people say that they always learn from their failures. That's across the board in everything you do, whether it be uh, entrepreneurship or whether it be filmmaking or just general life. You always learn from your mistakes. You don't learn from successes. Um and I also heard somewhere recently, I don't know who said it, but I, I heard recently someone make the point that entrepreneurs and kind of people that are able to adapt and to move on and to change and to work with things rather than just wish things were different, those people are the people that will recognize that whether things are going well or going badly, things are going to change. So we all, when things are going badly, we all want things to change. We all want things to get better or to do this, do that and the other. But when they're going well, we're like, okay, I want everything to stay the way it is now. It's perfect. I don't want anything to change. I want it to stay the way it is. And of course, that's not going to happen because things are always going to change for better and for worse. So you need to kind of have it in your mind that things are going to change and just keep adapting to it because you might have a good thing going now, but you have to be ready for when something happens and you have to move and adapt to something new. So the people always say that, you know, particularly companies who are entrepreneurs who have suffered a bankruptcy, they always say that bankruptcy was kind of their great motivator, you know, where yes, it was such a low point in their life and they might've been working two jobs on minimum wage and, you know, they had no money, but they learned from that experience and that made them a better uh, judge of risk or better suited to do their, their job or to, you know, set up their companies or to run their companies, whatever. But I think you need to understand that if you are going in to create your own film company like I did and trying to do your own thing entirely, there is risk involved. Uh, it's a lot safer. It's still risky, but it's a lot safer if you want to work as a professional crew member in a certain role. If you want to be a first AD or an AC or a gaffer or whatever it is, if you are aiming to be a professional who works on whatever films come up and you get hired and you go in and you do your job, you go home, you do the next job. That's a little bit safer because you're always being hired by somebody else. It's if the production goes wrong or something, it's not your your neck on the line, you know. So that's a little bit safer. But if, for people like me, I wanted to do my own thing, so I chose the route of taking up my own company. Um, and while it's incredibly re rewarding, it is a lot of work and there is a lot of risk involved. And that's something that we need to take into consideration before we go down that route. So recently, my company has been moving into a new premises. Uh, and of course, there are a lot of little small things that go with that that need to be done to make sure things work properly and that you can you can get business in and that the 
you know, the premises is actually suited to you and get things, you know, whatever. There's a lot to do that make sure stuff's going to work when you get in there and you actually start to open and operate in that premises. Um, and there's been a lot of things in that that have tried to recently have kind of come up that have been trying to put blockades in my way of getting where I want to be. And at some points, it does seem like it's just one thing, then the next, then the next, then the next. And it's just like, you're sitting there and you're trying to get your work done, but everything you do, no matter what way you go, you're kind of in checkmate, you know? Um, but even though that can seem the case, there's there's always a, a way around it. And if you can try and take a step back and, and look at it and say, okay, well, I have this problem, that problem, the other problem, I'm just going to take a step back and distance myself from the problems a little bit, give a bit of room to breathe and to think, then you can find a way through it. Um, but the important part is not letting yourself get bogged down or weighed down by those things. So in this case, there's been a lot of problems caused by people and former tenants and all kinds of stuff. And most of it is not nothing to do with me, really. It's It doesn't have a direct connection to me. But because I'm now moving into the premises and I'm trying to set myself up there, I've got kind of roped into it. So there was that and then there were other issues and there was things that, you know, I do something and I'd be like, okay, this is great. And then a day later or whatever else, it would kind of backfire on me. Um, so you definitely have to, you know, take a step back. And it's hard to do because you're definitely, you're invested in your own company and you have to make sure that things go well. And, you know, for me, I have this sci-fi film, uh, Nevermore, coming up now in June. I'm trying to develop a new script as well. And I need to make sure that everything else goes well, as well as being able to move into a new premises, as well as being able to get my photography business up and running again, all this kind of stuff. There's a whole heap of stuff to do. So a lot of people have told me um, that if you are dealing with a lot of stuff at the one time, it's good to basically put them all in a kind of graph and, you know, figure out what's important and what's not important and what's urgent and what's not urgent. So you pretty much do like a, a, a two by two graph and you'd put in boxes saying urgent, important, and not important and not urgent. And that will kind of help you to realize what actually is directly important at this particular minute and what might be important but can wait or what's, you know, urgent but not really so important. It can kind of help you to categorize things in a better way so you can kind of better manage them. And being honest, it's really important to be able to do that. And that, I think that's why so many people have a, have an issue because they don't, they're not able to get a hold on everything they have to do. Um, so whatever you can really do, whatever method you can use to try and compartmentalize and to just categorize everything in your head that you have to do is really important and it's something you should definitely look into because there are so many responsibilities and that you know in a film context in a film crew context that's why we hire crew we hire producers to do uh, all the kind of budgeting and scheduling and everything else they hire ad's to do their their bits and pieces we hire gaffers to do lighting we hire people to do different jobs but if you're someone like me and you have a small company you're trying to run and you don't have full-time employees that can do jobs for you, then the responsibility ultimately all falls on you. And that's why I really think that, as I alluded to back in the earlier podcast, that being a if you're going to go into this kind of venture, I would not do it as a sole trader. Now, this can kind of vary based on country, but in Ireland, um, and I think it's the same in America as well, but don't quote me on that, I'm not a... a a solicitor or a lawyer. So when you set up a company as a sole trader in Ireland anyway, you have unlimited liability, which means that if your company takes out a loan to do this or takes out a, a leasing agreement or whatever it might be to try and set up your company and get things going, if your company goes bankrupt, then you alone are solely responsible for all the debt your company has. 
So for example, if your company owes a hundred thousand euro in debt, then the bank would go to you and say, okay, where's the hundred thousand euro? And if you haven't got it, then they will, you'll have to sell your house or your car or whatever you can do to pay off that debt. And that is really, really dangerous because it doesn't, everything you own is up for grabs pretty much because you have to pay back that debt. That's why if you are going to consider, and obviously always get legal advice. Don't take my advice here because I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a solicitor, but I feel the best. And I was kind of told to do a sole tradership as well. I was told, you know, just do this. It's easier to do. There's less involved. It's just like one form and you're good to go. But for what I want to do as a production company, not a sole uh, contractor, like I don't want, I didn't want to be just um a camera operator or an AC or a sound recordist. If you are those things and a sole trader can work perfectly fine for you because you're not doing big investments or whatever else. You need to buy equipment, but you're not doing big investments or big leasing agreements or whatever. There's loads of you're not doing. So for some people that can work really well. But if you're going to be doing something like setting up an actual production company and trying to do different projects and kind of spearheading your own stuff, then definitely looking at a company type like a limited company where you have limited liability is the way to go if if you ask me. Now, obviously, again, always get a solicitor or a lawyer's opinion or an accountant's opinion because they are professionals. They know what they're talking about. The huge benefit of being a limited company is that if I have 100 euro stakes in my company, okay, um, then that means that I, if the company goes bankrupt, I am only liable to pay off the stakes that I own in the company. So if I have 10,000 euro in debt or 100,000 euro in debt, I only have to pay off the shares that I own in the company. So I think it's it's really important to try to manage your your schedule and your, your risk taking as much as you can. Um, obviously, it's, it's hard to do and there are so many things that are going to be pulling you in different directions. But when something goes wrong, it's not the end of the world. So another thing that's really good to do, I think, which is really, really hard to do when you're in uh, sole leadership of a company or you're kind of doing your own thing is trying to separate or at least allocate time where you can separate work from everything else. Because in in my kind of situation where I'm the, the director of a company and I'm also spearheading the film productions and doing all this kind of stuff, it's really hard for me to justify taking time off because there's always stuff I can be doing that needs to be done sometime. But Again, if I know what's important and what's actually urgent, then I can do that stuff and I can hopefully look at it and say, okay, well, this stuff is important, but it can be done tomorrow. You know, I can hopefully try and take at least one day off a week. Now, don't get me wrong. One day off a week isn't exactly, isn't great. But if you're going to be doing this, particularly at the start, you have to be able to put in the time and the the investment into it, not the monetary investment, but the time investment and the energy investment into it. Because nothing's going to happen if you sit around and take six days off a week and then work one day, you know, nothing's going to happen there. Um, and any entrepreneur you talk to or you listen to, or you hear do a, a presentation, they will always say that, you know, they were working like however many, like 60 hours a week just to get the, just to get the, the company off the, off the ground, you know, um, maybe even more than that sometimes. And it's going to be intense. It's going to be really intense and finding whatever ways you can, to try and manage your schedule and manage your stress and manage what you have to do exactly when, and whenever possible, hire people who can do those jobs for you. Um, in the context of a production environment, you know, get your first AD to do the job and let them do their job. 
I know all too many directors that think that they have to do everything and they literally stand over and micromanage every part of the production. If you are hiring and you're paying a first AD worth their salt or whatever worth their salt, they'll get the job done and you just have to check in with them, you know? You don't have to stand over their shoulder 24-7 and say, hey, you've got that done. Where's that, where's that report? I've got the budget done. I've got this done, that done. Just trust them to do their job to free up your time to do other stuff and then have meetings with them regularly to make sure you're all on the same page. But seriously, the biggest advice I can give is trust people that you hire to do their jobs because so many people that I know and I've heard of don't do that. And ultimately, if you are trying, if, you, if you're hiring somebody and you're hiring them for their expertise and then you're telling them exactly what to do, when to do it, you're not benefiting from their expertise. You're benefiting from what you think should be done. And in reality, we don't know everything. You know, I think people people think that the term director means that you should be constantly in control and have your hand in every single part of the, the production and, you know, be steering the ship as well as running the engines, you know. But ultimately, if you're, if you're a director of a company or of a film or of whatever, if you're in management in some capacity, then you need to be able to trust people to do their jobs. You need to make sure that you're hiring people that you know can do the jobs, you have confidence can do the jobs. And then you have to be able to actually let them do their jobs. It sounds simple. It sounds really simple, but people don't do it half the time. Even knowing that you can say to somebody else, okay, hey, I am doing this. Can you do that little job? And then we'll meet back tomorrow or, or the next day and we'll discuss whatever happened. You know, even just knowing that you have somebody there you can tell to do this job and being able to delegate jobs from yourself is really, really important. And if if you can't do that, you're going to have issues. You're going to struggle with this because there's going to be so much stuff to do and it's not a task for one person, you know? So making sure you have your kind of core team you can go to, even if they're just people you bring in every now and then, even if it's just a solicitor or a, an accountant or uh, an AD or an assistant or whatever it might be, just trying to have somebody you can bring in every now and then where they're not a full-time employee because in most cases in production, in these kind of companies small production companies, you don't really have money to be paying full-time employees all the time. You're working mostly off contractors. So even if it's just somebody you can bring in every now and then to help you with certain things, then do it. Because being able to delegate is such an important thing and it will really help to bring the stress levels down. And God knows it's really important to bring the stress levels down for us because we have so much stuff to do all the time. And if you've ever been on set as a director, you'll know that people are calling you and pulling you in every direction. That's what it's like every day you know so whatever you can do to try and limit that push and pull is great so i suppose the ultimate takeaway here is that there are definitely going to be days where you really feel like things are trying to stop you and like everything is getting in your way of your your ultimate goal okay but if you have that ultimate goal in mind and you don't let the small things get you know distract you or take your eyes off the prize you will find ways to deal with the small things as long as you know and you and you truly believe where you're trying to be, I know that sounds cheesy, you know, if you just believe it'll happen, not entirely true, but if you, if you actually keep your eyes on the prize and on the focus of what you're trying to do and just try and take the small things as they come, it'll be so much better for you. It'll be so much easier to handle. Because, you know, in the end, they are just small things, but all these small things combined and piled up can seem like a really big problem. But in the end, if you just categorize things out make sure you know what's important right now and what's not so important and what's urgent you can work through them and it's really just about keeping your eyes on the prize and not getting your your focus distracted on something else 
All right, guys, that was a really rambly little podcast there, but I thought it was important to talk about that because it's definitely been something that I've been experiencing the past week or two uh, where there's just been problem after problem after problem after problem. And I was kind of thinking, you know, like, is this going to actually work out in the end or is it going to be a complete mess? And ultimately, what I've come to realize is that it doesn't matter if it doesn't work out in 12, 14, 16 months from now. It's working out for the next next while. So for as long as it works out, let's not worry about what happens afterwards. Let's just try and get the here and now sorted so that I can get things in place and running for the time being. And then in eight months or nine months, when it might be time for things to change again, adapt to that. There's no point sitting here and thinking, okay, what'll happen next year? What'll happen in four years? What'll happen in five years? You have an overall plan that should should ultimately inform everything that you do. But the specifics in that plan, you can't you can't preempt. You can't say, I know what's going to happen in five years because you don't. You might have an idea of what you want to happen in five years, but you're not going to know what happens in five years. So it's really important to just, yes, always have a plan and always have an ultimate focus and ultimate goal, but don't spend your time worrying about what's going, what could happen or what might happen in a year's time. Just get things going now because things are always going to change anyway. So there's no point wasting your time thinking about what's going to change and how it might change. Just get yourself going now, work with what you have for the time being, and then when things change, adapt to it. Do it all over again. That's that's what that's what these kind of companies do. That's what our whole thing as creatives and entrepreneurs and everything else, that's what our whole thing is. You know, you don't know what the cards are going to have next year. So just work with what you have for the time being and admit and kind of come to realize that things are going to change regardless. Even if things are going well now, things are going to change next year. They're going to change for better or for worse and you have to be ready to adapt either way. So just get yourself going now and deal with the change as it comes. All right, guys, that's it for the podcast today. I hope you all enjoyed and found something useful in there. We'll be back in two weeks with part two of our exposing cameras and our kind of guides on that. We'll be talking about zebras, waveforms, histograms, false color, all this kind of exposure tools to help you get the perfect look for your camera. Don't forget to give the podcast a follow if you haven't done so already and go over and give us a like and follow on our social media accounts as well on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all this kind of stuff. And I'll see you back here in two weeks for the next episode. See you then.